A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Daddy Boys of What Culture. Michael Hanford and Michael Sidgwick here to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also baby, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, Discussions and a roundup of the week complete with a media quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to look ahead to Dynamite tonight and a stacked show, a great match on the cards. Brian Danielson versus Dax Harwood. Can the elite finally get a bloody win in this best of seven series? But most importantly of all, Sidge, we hear from our world champion tonight. Indeed, I'm really looking forward to this one. I thought last week's was tremendous, I felt the magic again. Um, as Hamflot Hamflet astutely pointed out last week, this is the first time since May where his plans, his long-term plans, haven't evaporated in front of him. So in a way, not that a roster so stacked, with a roster so stacked, he has an excuse to, oh, it's gone a bit rubbish. Mm. It's like you've got the talent. Yeah. Maybe you just lose one of your jobs. It's not one of his skills, is it? Pivoting from the plan. Yeah. Which, like... It's, he's done it before, but he didn't do a very good job this year. It's the opposite of the Triple H thing, because it's a bad thing off the back of a good one. It's an all long-term yeah. plan, and then one tiny thing has gone wrong, and you haven't got a, a pivot mm. point like there. But there's no longer the cloud of an injury, a suspension, the top draw on the company leaving. And the way I always put it, it was such a disaster brawl out, because there is not a single AEW fan who didn't love at least one of CM Punk, Kenny Omega, or the Elite. Yes. It was almost a division between the fandom before we realized that they hated each yeah. other because a lot of people were like, oh, I'm sick of the elite and I'm mm. glad Punk's here because with his meaningful hold-for-hold limb selling and his matches, just brings into focus mm. that he's made AEW better and more proper and more old school, if you like. At least one fan was deeply invested in the future of one of those four men. So that was a cloud. But that cloud isn't there. Touchwood, there's been no significant injuries. He can plan, he can book, he can build around people that he knows are going to be available for the next pay-per-view cycle. So, yeah, I'm as hyped for this one as I've been for quite some time. Yeah, not to compare it to WWE, but like WWE, when we're talking about it with regards to Raw and SmackDown, effectively is looking to January now. And, they, they, you know, the interim, they could do some big matches on television. You could do world title matches or whatever it may be on TV. Yes, obviously, the next big pay-per-view for AEW is in February, but you've obviously got Final Battle before that. Inter- I was going to ask you about this, actually, because me and Sidge had a really interesting chat on the Rampage preview, which you can still check out, what culture is still relevant. Where I asked Sidge about Tony Khan saying he was going to sort of 
it sort of reduce the amount of ROH stuff generally on on AEW because I think that has been something that people maybe have had an issue with. How do you feel about that? And I mean, obviously, that's not really going to kick in just yet because we've got a couple of weeks before final battle. Great, I feel great about it. How could you not? I'm a, like I'm an AEW fan, uh, and not really a Ring of Honor one. And I was never like this is obviously entirely subjective, but like Ring of Honor was never really my promotion. I was just mm. dipping it out when the product was hot, or if they had a wrestler that I desperately wanted to watch, um, or if the DVDs look great. Yeah, like <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly, like the um, Motor City Machine Guns Speed Muscle Match on Good Times Great Memories. I think it was I bought because just that match was getting critical mm. acclaim, and it was the only way to access it at the time. You would have that those like Joe Morishima, that, like had these moments. Everybody's got little dipping out, but I was ne- Ring of Honor was never my promotion. And I've watched AW from the beginning, and I care way more about AW than I ever did Ring of Honor. And I kind of think, I don't know, I, I don't think Tony Khan was being willfully disingenuous when he was suggesting oh, people can separate Ring of Honor and AW. I think what he was doing was that thing of saying, I can, so why can't you? Yeah. Mm. And there's a lot of cases where he's done that. And again, I don't think there's, I don't think this is a, a case of him being willfully ignorant about a problem. I think he didn't maybe identify it as much as a problem until it's been put to him in as many different ways as people can do it delicately, plus whatever he reads online, because we know he does. When it's good, it's the listening company. When it's bad, it's, well, keep being the listening company. Keep paying attention. Don't rebuff this stuff. You can choose which bits you want to listen to, but it's all there. You know, it's all there, and it's all worth picking up. And the Ring of Honor criticisms have been the loudest and the longest. Uh, it's... When he was discussing, the thing that really stuck out to me, I think me and Sid were talking about this over the desk the next day after the press conference, was how he was divvying up the pay-per-view schedule as if as if he wasn't putting on eight pay-per-views in a year. It's like, yeah, you are now. This is what you are. You're promoting eight pay-per-views. Mm. We've gone from the four prestigious elite temple events to Forbidden Door and, as of right now, three Ring of Honor shows and maybe possibly four. Like... Don't work me, Tony. Like, you went on Dynamite and said you'd bought it. So that mm. was the point when I knew that this was all under the same umbrella. So I'd be, I think it'd be one of the best things for 2023 if a division was properly erected between the two sides. I think so as well. Dave Meltzer, who I ordinarily agree with and I respect greatly, but um, he was talking on Observer Radio on Monday nights last Tuesday morning, and I caught up with the audio um, yesterday where he's like, he can't fathom why people don't like the ROH presence on AEW programming because in his mind, and he's obviously right to have this opinion, just like he said that other people are right to disagree with him Jericho's the champion, Jericho and Claudio if it was just an AEW TNT title match, people would be going crazy for that so he doesn't get it, he has said that there are too many titles and they've lost Mm -hmm. meaning and all the rest of it I think personally that we have learned or relearned rather, a very sobering lesson in brand value and power and how you absolutely can't taint the brand. You just can't do it. The way I've put it in the past, and I'm sorry for repeating myself, but I think this is a very good take. And quite I think, frankly, I think yeah, the mega fans yeah. will forgive me, but this is an absolutely fantastic take, right? <laughs> <laughs> Cast your minds back to 2016, 17. Oh, hang on. Okay, got it. Okay. On one side of the pond, right? When the Dadley's got in the content game, by the way. This is it. The seismic event in, in this space. So you've got WCPW, right? Well-financed and all the rest of it. They had a really astute idea to do sports entertainment when every other promotion was doing wrestling against Mm. WWE. I thought it was quite smart. Anyway, my personal feelings on the promotion are irrelevant. Drew Galloway is a big star for WCPW, okay? 
and it's his work in that promotion, I'm sorry, not Evolve, that WWE being a little bit sort of, you know, can't have any competition. Mm-hmm. How many times have we seen that over the years? <laughs> Decide, right, we want Galloway back. He's doing great work on the indie scene. YouTube numbers weren't just for money, it was visibility. Yeah, yeah. Like, the people didn't, like, indie wrestling companies didn't spot that. This is not a WCPW Pro thing. They didn't spot that at the time, that the visibility was helping the wrestlers. They were getting seen more. So you got Drew Galloway on this side of the pond, and he's doing great guns with WCPW, mm-hmm. so much so that he convinces WWE, he always probably wanted to see what he could do. Right, you're ready to return. You've done what we wanted you to do, basically. Come back over, right? In the States, he's working Evolve, which was never that big. It was never PWG cult big. It was never ROH. We can actually make some money big and get really sort of at the forefront of the wrestling critical conversation, right? So you got Drew Galloway. You've got the elite. You've got uh, Kenny Omega, and you've got the Young Bucks. And Kenny Omega doubles New Japan World subscriptions. He set the all-time pro wrestling gate record in, I believe, Sapporo. He fundamentally changes the stratosphere on which critical acclaim can go. You. <laughs> right? He sells out Madison Square Garden on the promise of his appearance and as proof of that when he is then revealed not to appear, the secondary market collapses and you can get tickets outside. We were there for like $25. Whereas the secondary market for NXT was like $250 or something. All because Kenny Omega said, I can't really do it. I'm signing with AEW. In a normal world with two real competitors with the same visibility and the same starting point and all the rest of it, you'd think that the company, that the elite, who are bigger draws than Drew Galloway on the same indie circuit at the same time, Drew McIntyre is a bigger star and gets his segments get better ratings than anything that Omega and the books do because the brand value of WWE is at this point so powerful that it's almost, genuinely almost immaterial who appears on that show. Mm. Shotzi's segments do better than Kenny Omega's. Shotzi's segments do better than Chris Jericho's. You cannot tell me in a million years that Chris Jericho isn't a bigger star than Shotzi Blackheart. Mm. Brand value matters, and it doesn't matter what you do with ROH, right? It doesn't matter which stars you have contend for and hold the titles because it's ROH in name. I'm not an idiot. I know it's all Tony Khan's. It's on Dynamite and Rampage. The brand value is so sullied at this point that people automatically feel less for it, and it feels small. And Tony Khan has made a major mistake by lessening the value of his AEW brand, Mm. which is pretty massive, Distant number two at this point in WWE, but far bigger than ROH. Like, I know it's just letters, but they evidently mean everything to the to the consumer base. And he's kind of having his cake and eating it because he's jet-fueling these ROH pay-per-views with his AW wrestlers. Every single mm. Ring of Honor pay-per-view under his purview so far has kind of been anchored by AW presence, whether it be FTR uh, it was Chris, FDR for the last two, Chris, Chris Jericho, Jericho for, this, for one. this one. He has, like, I'm not going to say, like, every single match, but, fun. and I, I know that you have, you've had to use AW to build stories, but the characters, the headline attractions mm. each time have been AW-centric wrestlers. Um, it's not just about the matches that have been built. If you need a Dalton Castle, for argument's sake, you've, oh. got, you've got to use TV uh, time yeah. like to tell, to tell his story, right? If you were doing Dalton Castle versus Matt Taven, Ring of Honor guys. Yeah. You'd have to use Dynamite or Rampage to tell that story. However, it's not that, is it? It's 
Chris Jericho versus, like it's Claudio in this case, but it could have been Chris Jericho versus Matt Taven, for example. Yeah. Chris Jericho is the guy that people might tune in to draw. Like the, the thir- what is it, 30,000, 40,000 that buy these Ring of Honor shows? What, whatever that number is. I think the is. ceiling they've established thus far is 36,000. Right. I like, think ordinarily Chris Jericho could probably spike it higher, yeah. but apparently it's in the afternoon, which is a bad time for pay-per-view. He's relying on And there's names. an NXT deadline, of course, which everyone would be most looking forward to. Got it. It's got the Creed Brothers versus. Uh, it's got the match yeah. of the day. Yeah. It's got the match of the day on that card, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. So it's. Um, aye, we've gone the long way around here, but I, like, and who who really isn't saying this? Like, other, other than Dave Meltzer, oddly enough, who out there doesn't want the end of this? Because I think even like one thing I think most wrestling fans really like is um, strict continuity being adhered to in terms of things being consistent. It's why people hate the interim title so much. It doesn't feel right it's in a way that you can't quite articulate that wikipedia records are not as neat as they should be <laughs> and rosters aren't quite as tidy as it, things like that the forbidden door is a cool thing and the open world of pro wrestling and this idea that tony khan as much as being the president of aw also wants to kind of be the steward of this new wrestling world where you've got WWE on one channel and potentially the promise of anything else yeah. on the other side that's a cool thing and that's something that he has aspired to and delivered and that's really impressive but at the same time it's the core the absolute Root cause should be cause should be AW always, and that's what he's lost sight of. Mm. I think a little bit. There has been too many rampage main events that have been for a Ring of Honor title, which you've been told to care about rather than being given any reason mm. to. It's uh, like all the problems are related. The multiple titles wouldn't feel half as bad if you lifted the Ring of Honor ones straight out. The repeated. So we talked about this a few weeks ago. Sidgwick's bang on about the um, use of too much exposition in. Like compared to any other television show in WWE versus any single other television show, my counter-argument from AEW's point of view is no other TV show would introduce as many characters called and just expect you to be fine with it. Like Adam Wilborn's uh, family heirloom tool belt just dropped in yesterday. There's an Uncle Howdy for every argument, by the way. It's all good with that, by the way, just to uh, yeah, take, good, that's like, take care of the NXT review. I, I'm not saying WWE aren't guilty of that, especially since Triple H has took over, right? Mm. But... Generally speaking, they like you to care about this core 20, 30 guys that rotate and fight each other, and sometimes that's really dull as a result. But a lot of the time, you are just, here's a graphic, here's this person, here's a video package, here they are. They're part of it now. The part that you've got to care about this. You've got to add two more. Kingdom of David, Kingdom of Great, but I've got to add two more wrestlers to the people I theoretically need to keep up with now, do I? No other TV show would do that. Like, Game of Thrones would, like, try and introduce as many characters as possible and then revisit them in different episodes, but they were always there from the start. It wasn't like... Uh, I keep going back to Matt Taven, but it wasn't like the kingdom were there from from day one. They just arrived when you've already got like Mm. 50 other acts. So I think this will solve that problem. It will just solve so many issues. It will theoretically, if Tony Khan delegates some of Ring of Honor's work to somebody else, it will free his mind up a little bit for AEW. Mm. I can't see a negative to Ring of Honor becoming its own thing. Desperate for it to happen. Absolutely desperate for it to happen. Are there Ring of Honor purists that... Clinging on for the what? Who is it for? That's what I've said. It's before they WWE did, and yes, we were sorry. We will get to the dynamite. (laughs) Before they WWE did, I he oh, it's good for two shows, and then it was an absolute abomination. The reboot of ECW was such a tremendously inspired idea because they were heading into a different direction. It still stank of cum. It wasn't (laughs) PG yet. Um, but John Cena was slowly morphing into a kid-friendly character and losing the hard cause. Vince McMahon had decided, right, it's 1995 again for some fucking reason. <laughs> so here's the Spirit Squad, here's Eugene, here's um, no more Benoit Guerrero. They didn't get over. We need to bring it back to stupid, over-the-top characters. 
But then they realized, honestly, they're so savvy at some point. Hang on. We can't aggressively chase this young audience in case we drive off the the marks who are going to watch whatever, right? So they decided, good idea if we launch ECW, sort of pacify these very loud, abrasive, obnoxious, bizarro land geeks and <laughs> make money off them at the same time. It worked because there was an audience who needed something they weren't getting, so WWE, just before completely screwing it up in their own customary way... Well, One Night Stand 1 was the perfect example. Of yeah. That, Good. Like, they God gave damn it, them something. an all-time show. Yeah. They gave them something that they wanted and that they didn't have. ROH and AEW, no one wanted ROH. It's nowhere near... They don't do anything at any point of their run that AEW didn't already do. Highly acclaimed professional wrestling with professional wrestling spirit and values and unscripted promos and a range of styles and master craftsmanship. That's all in AEW. ROH does not a thing that AEW doesn't do already. It's unnecessary. It's weird. It's buyer's remorse city. And when Ring of Honor would flirt with sort of sports entertainment adjacent angles, the argument would be, well, yeah, but the wrestling's of a higher quality. WWE have had like an awesome roster for years. So even with the sports entertainment, mm. you've got pretty high quality wrestling. Well, everything's been too. conflated and yeah. atomized and everything like that. I think it speaks volumes that when we first found out about Tony Khan getting Ring of Honor, yes, we were excited about going, oh, that guy could work on it in AEW. That guy could work in AEW. We weren't saying that guy could work as part of a Ring of Honor thing within AEW. It was you, you, and you will take you to AEW, to AEW and it's going to be pretty nice to have that tape library if and when they do an AEW network or yeah. whatever they're going to call it. So I think that speaks volumes. Um, but to return it to, to AEW, because it's not like they're going, well, year's been nearly finished, uh, clogging up for the year sort of thing. They've got winter is coming, obviously. they got New Year's smash coming up um, <laughs> before the end of the year, of course. Uh, and after it, actually. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, winter is coming, is on the horizon, what, Three weeks away? Yes. I don't know. I'm kind of checked out from... I think our review is the day of the What Culture Christmas Party, which obviously we're going to be delaying. And as oh I said boy. before, if you want to send us money to you know thank us for that fact. I'm joking. Uh, I don't think he is. No, 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 no. Uh, not actually. Uh, I'm going to set up a little Venmo and, you know, if you want to make a little uh, pool for us to uh, dip into, I would mind to dive in there. Thank you very much. <laughs> I uh, think this is going to be a bit until that bit is suddenly one of them coffee yeah. gimmicks and then all of a sudden we're <laughs> trying to get people to pay for our mortgages. <laughs> anyway, uh, winter is coming on the horizon. Ricky Stark's number one contender, but of course tonight, for the first time, we hear from our new AW world champion, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. What do you think he's going to have to say? I hate previewing MGF content because it's yeah. always 100 million <laughs> times better than anything I can come up with. Um, it's weird to like, this is what the wrestler should do, right? Mm. Previews are like a weirdly flawed premise in that respect, but it's especially true in the case of MGF. If the post-Full Gear press conference is any indication, right, I wonder if he's going to double down <laughs> because he... Uh, quoted, I was going to say paraphrased, he outright quoted the number one villain of the AW fan base. Well, not really because he's not over enough anymore, but Jim Cornette. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah. He's going to have to go full Uber heel here. He'll be very clever with it. He will, he can't say the F word mm. on Dynamite again, but he will, uh, I think he'll go full scorched earth on what everything AEW was up to the point that he was now the face of the promotion. It's tricky because he's kind of more over than the promotion at this point. People just absolutely adore him. But I think that he, I don't know if he will. I'm just trying to use precedent to inform the future of my prediction. But he went a bit cornet in that press conference. 
AEW is his now. It's been a consistent um, facet of his character where he says he hates gymnasts. It's all about making money, receiving the least amount of punishment with which to get there. You can recall the fact that... It's time to play the game! How many matches has AEW worked, has MJF worked on AEW television this year? Oof. And pay-per-view. And pay-per-view. Does he, he count anymore where he just showed up one? Thanks very much. Punk. Punk. Wardlow. And Moxley. Is the, I put one. Punk was TV. So three pay-per-view matches plus a Punk on TV. Count out loss during the Wardlow feud. Was it? Where he was the security? I can't remember. It was the same guy he lost to in the Captain Sean, Sean Dean, Dean, maybe. Yeah. Punk, so that one, maybe two Sean Dean matches. Yep. Which weren't really matches. They were angles dressed up as matches, but they were matches. In the cage match profile, they were matches. Ladder match. Ladder match as the Joker baby and the thingy, uh, Willie Uta. So what have you got? I'm landing on eight. But you've got two Sean Dean. You've got the right amount. I don't know if you've got the right amount. Um, There's eight. There is eight. Was what was the Sean Dean Punk one at the back end of last year, perhaps, rather than this year? I think okay, so. Leads so into this year, so there's, yeah, so there's yeah. one yeah. match maybe. I'm so he's lost two matches to Sean Dean, but one of them might have been last year. Uh, ultimately, it's eight. eight. That's eight. That's that funny. could be a big part of his promo. That these idiots, <laughs> for your stupid, twisted pleasure, give themselves CTE. <laughs> Look at Ricky Starks, held together by tape. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Brilliant. That's taken. There you are. <laughs> you know what, That's another great point. Just call me Butter, baby. I want to roll. There was a I chase. Want, want, there was a chase you development you missed this week. Oh my god! Fantastic. We'll tell you about it next week. Actually, we'll remind you about it. Yes, yes. Yeah, obviously, we obviously watched yeah. it on the plane. <laughs> um, so <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else to say other than he's probably going to go scorched earth. Maybe it'll be an overcorrection because when he gets so wild and passionate and his delivery is almost flair in the eighties adjacent. He could call me a complete tosser, and I'd go mad for him because his cadence and delivery is so great. So he's he's going to struggle. But he's if anyone can do the thing that no one's been able to do, Cena couldn't get the fans to cheer him again. Roman Reigns couldn't get the fans to cheer him as a babyface. Full stop. Yeah. Um, Cody couldn't get the fans to cheer him again. If anyone can get the fans to boom again consistently, it has to be the best heat merchant of his generation. And many others, actually. I'm worried he's going to slag off my beloved Colts because they are in Indianapolis, I believe, tonight. I mean, it's Go Colts! Um, but uh, you've got a nice dynamic. I would highly suggest you uh, watch the road to it. It's like four minutes, and I was like, oh, that's a bit disappointing. But like two and a half of those minutes are just Ricky Starks cutting a promo, and I was like, well, cool, that's great. <laughs> um, I love the potential for the next few weeks of Ricky Starks and, and MJF to interact with each other. got a bit of history, as is alluded to, on the road to how do you think it's going to work with with Starks and MJF? And, of course, the English elephant in the room, uh, William Regal and, and the Moxley stuff too. The Regal element of it is more interesting now as a result of what we know or don't know about Regal status within AEW. And that is stuff AEW can play with because MJF, more than any other character, is one that they've used. People's knowledge of other stuff happening. MJF, the promo where he barged in at the press conference, he was laughing in Tony Khan's face, directly referencing, you know, the rah-rah speech he did after Dynamite went off the air that got shared. Yeah, yeah. He was acknowledging that was a total work, and that wasn't even something that appeared on camera. So they're using everything that people already know. Uh, it's how they folded in 
the voicemail when Tony Khan hired him mm-hmm. back. And, you know, everything about this latest chapter of MJF has been a little bit meta and is, is like played with the worksheet, but played with it quite nicely. It hasn't really abused it. So I fully expect um, that to be the case with Regal here. I would want, if Regal's not on Dynamite, which I don't think he should be, because it does show a little bit of disrespect to John Moxley if he just walks straight out, even if he's got MJF with him in front of him. I, I don't know. Unless you're running an angle where Regal was warned and then we cut backstage and he's been bludgeoned on top of a car or something. <laughs> you see him completely laid out. and a red car? Eh? Eh? Law? Keep on. Like, that you, that you could do. So he walks out with MJF and then that's... You've seen him on television, and John Moxley's seen him on television. <laughs> it wasn't my car! <laughs> Comedy's on the timing. <laughs> like, that would be a way, I think, to write Regal out. But I quite like the idea of Regal being nowhere near Dynamite now because he has followed Moxley's instructions. But MJF alluding to the fact of Regal's gone where I need him to mm. be. Like, up I'll, north! I love that idea. One more thing before I move on, anyway, <laughs> from the preview of this, which, again, I hate previewing. Cornet old news... I think the days of Cornette trolling AEW fans, they've already fictionalized it via Dan Lambert. Does anyone really care what Cornette says about AEW these days? They did early on, but I don't think that fan base is that bothered about the bad faith criticisms anymore. Therefore, we've already seen MJF mirror certain phrases and actions of... CM Punk, does he go further with that tonight? Because what's the biggest heel to the AEW fan base? Does MGF need to sort of embody or play with in some way? Sports entertainment as a concept, being done. Jim Cornette, don't know if people care about it that much, if I'm being honest. If MGF might be. You've decided to... which side of the fence you're on with that one a long time I ago. I think yeah. so. We'll see. MGF might do it and pull it off. If he starts to really get fans in on the idea of. I'm the real devil, and I'm going to sort of mimic certain CM Punk behaviors and phrases, and basically all he all he needs to do is do some CM Punk stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's. I'm glad you said that, Sitch, because I was I was wanting to ask you, like, what at this point, like, what do the AEW freakazoids boo? Like, that's what I want to know. It's a company. It's a, like MJF is being cheered because he's beloved by AEW. Punk completely misjudged what people would be watching AEW when he like caused that kickoff at the scrum. MJF is not, but MJF is doing stuff that's getting people cheered. Wilborn's got the answer, hand raised. What is the thing that AEW audience as a whole will just despise? Because I don't know what that is anymore. Well, uh, I love you too, and you're, you're far more knowledgeable than I am, but for once, you're close, you're just, you're just not right, because I've got the perfect eel to the AEW fans, and that is, of course... Papa H. He comes out and does a 20 minute promo to open the show. <laughs> show you see? What do you guys want to talk about? Huh? Do you think he opens the show? Yes, certainly. He's grown a 2004, for November, a 2004 Triple H Lemmy moustache. <laughs> like in the two weeks that he's been off. Uh, Dax Harwood, there was WrestleMania 10 hard on. Might want to open it. Yeah. What do you think but, main events this show? Elite? Yeah. yeah. Potentially, yeah, potentially. Hadn't thought Dax Howard's a great opening wrestler, I'm just yeah. doing a bit. It, yeah, it would almost be nailed on to be Danielson Harwood if they still had that rule. That I don't remember when they got rid of it. It was really disappointing when you suddenly were like, oh, I'd break in the opener. I loved it when they just would be like, 20 minutes opening wrestling, boom. Someone pointed out to me that it corresponds with, without potentially being the result of, an XC moving to Tuesday night. 
which makes it funnier because NXT yeah. was like, hey guys, hey guys, uh, October 2, 2019, we got Adam Cole, Matt Riddle, no commercial interruption. Watch us. We know what we're doing. And then um, AEW's actual blanket rule for all of its openers for like a year and a half. <laughs> like, we're not, not going to have any commercials ever, actually. And it was a fucking bloodbath, baby. <laughs> Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies. I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash post. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Uh, let's talk about the rest of this show, though, Sige. Um, yeah. Also in the road, too, uh, yeah. you had Death Triangle saying, oh, you're, the, you're the cleaner. Huh? Well, we're going to be making a sweep here. They think they're going to go 4-0, basically, in this best of seven. Obviously, currently, right now, 2-0 are Death Triangle. Can tonight be the night that the Elite finally get on the board? It's one of those, isn't it? You either think, because I think generally, spoiler, the, four, the three of us think that they are going to pull it back and maybe win it 4-3. In the, the long run, well, actually, no. Oh, it's going to be Isn't honestly. There, a pasty on this? there is. It? It's going to be the great. It's going to be either me coming into work if like Death Triangle get it. Collie Moore closing in. <laughs> oh, I've got to buy Cedric Capacity. It only goes in terms of four threes. It only goes. Isn't it a a coffee, actually. Oh, I've, I've referenced one of your heartbreaking relegations, but there's just too many to pick from. Yeah. Um, oh God. You started it! Oh, oh, it's distasteful. I was just talking about what most yeah, people acknowledge to be the greatest. I was just talking about the greatest Premier League game ever. Is that not agreed upon? You lost. 
I, I forget. I just remember Liverpool won. Shut up, man. You're complete and utter, utterly wanna, obsessed. You want to make it about these petty... They're obsessed. Gripes the and grievances. are obsessed. Uh, but yes, I think the general consensus <laughs> th- is, well, certainly you and I, Sid, think they're going to win it 4-3. So it's whether tonight Death Ryan go 3-0 three, three up or you go, okay, 2-1, and then at least it's slightly less predictable for the sort of the next few uh, weeks. I've got no doubts or... Um, doubts or worries that they can't extract drama out the ass across virtually every single minute of the series. If I'm booking it, I go 2-1. Otherwise, you've got four consecutive matches where you... Three consecutive matches where you know the finish. Um, I will pull back to 2-1. Not only does it make it more predictable, uh, less predictable, rather, going forward, because you can do 2-1, 2-2, or whatever, or Mm. 3-1, 3-2. You give yourself more drama if they go 2-1 behind. Yeah. Or, if they're intelligent enough to work it, and they are, you get a different strain of drama that's harder to achieve, but more magic if it actually comes off. If you go 3-0 down, 1-3-2-3-3-3-4-3. Three, 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 three. Look, there's loads that can play with that. Personally, have them go 2-1 down, not only because it creates a less predictable path as mm-hmm. to how to get to the seventh match, which, as we've all said and everyone knows, is inevitable, but also, the Elite losing three times, albeit via cheating, is the kind of thing that the Elite do because they think long-term. That doesn't necessarily work in a um, really, really impatient instant gratification world. And they've... Look, I prefer it that they go this way, that they get over to the level they are completely on their own terms. But they have been widely criticized for not being broad and populist in the way that they present their characters. Who the hell God Dad knows? All I know is it's going to be fantastic. If I'm booking it, it's 2-1. Yeah. I don't want them to lose three times in a row. And I'm at this point really interested in how they subvert the established sequences and advantages that the uh, Death Triangle have shown over them. Kenny Omega has taken two revolting, but brilliant, German suplexes to the back of the head. <laughs> I'm at this point going to be a bit more... Um, exacting in my critiques. I love the first two matches for completely different reasons. I should have all the faith in the world. At this point, I want some of the sequences that I've seen happen in both matches become subverted because I want the losing team to have learned something. Mm. Kenny Omega needs to clutch those ropes for dear life when Omega, when Pac goes for that, I guess you would call like a whiplash German suplex or something mm. because he knows I've been brained on my head twice now I need to avoid doing that because it's given them the advantage to get into a cheating position and my head hurts. You know, <laughs> I'm expecting a real amount of detail. We had the establishing match. We had the absolutely wonderful banter match. This is time for the details and the continuity and the sort of the strategies and the counters to really start to, to make their appearance. If I'm booking it, this whole show, yeah, I'd have MJF open. I'd have Dax uh, Danielson top of the second out, or you know, even the, when they start the match and it's leading into the second out, so if anyone's flicking around, bloody hell, Brian Danielson, Dax, oh, that'll be good. Uh, and then this main event, potentially with a win for, I, I think Elite are going to win tonight, for example, um, particularly because there's obviously this 
crack developing between death, well, the rest of Death Triangle. I think Alex Abrahams is included. He's like, yeah, I'm absolutely fine with us cheating and winning. And Ray Phoenix, who obviously was a bit last week, was like, all right, we did it once, but let's not make this make a habit of this sort of thing. Do you, do you see how, well, how do you see it going, Hamlet? And also, alluding to what Sidge talked about there, uh, how do you think they're going to be received? Very different crowd to Chicago, this. Yeah, Indianapolis uh, should just play as you would expect, not like the paper you did, I guess. Like the elite to be bigger baby faces than Death Triangle. Death Triangle haven't turned, but the elite are just biggest stars and they're more beloved. So like the elite will be the baby faces. I think 2-1 as well. Um, it is broad and it is populous, but I think they've been burned by that before. If you look back to Kenny Omega's 2019, like they weren't necessarily that rewarded for it in the short term. So I think 2 ones the way to go. Somewhere in this series, I'm not sure that it's tonight, but I was thinking about it with Phoenix as the current... Like, Penta's quite in at the Hammer stuff as well, isn't he? Loves it, it hey? Phoenix mm. is the lone baby face. I want a flash win. I want a flash V-trigger win. Bell rings, bang. Kenny Omega kills Phoenix dead with a V-trigger. One, two, three. And that's what convinced... That market would hate it. That mar- well, and this, yeah. is a, this is a problem. No! <laughs> this is a problem, right? There is a... Well, anyone that attended an AW Dynamite in the summer... Like, that was excited to see the elite and didn't get them as a result of Brawl Out or Punk for that matter. Never mind that. What about wherever they are next week? Because obviously, fourth match of winter is coming. Uh, December 7th, Dynamite, go f yourself. <laughs> no best no of seven. But, right, you just do a Mega Phoenix in the singles instead. The m- We're gonna do it. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so oh my God. The magic of a flash win when the consequences are lesser is not so terrible. Like, Punk Moxley was all wrong for me was because it was for the belt. But Brock and Goldberg was a riot and it actually set more up down the road. I think it can be done right and just be a ton of fun. Um, so I would like, I get what you're saying though, uh, it's a potential town killer. But the, I think the moment would be huge and you can bask in the shock of it a little bit and Death Triangle complete. That would be a nice one actually for 2 2. Like they've equalized and now the advantages with them because they've just flattened you in seconds and they're going to now go three to head or something. You know what I mean? Mm. So that might be coming. Maybe not this week though. I I would like to see the elite just as the, this should be the wrestlers wrestler uh, trios match where they're both ostensibly baby faces. Pac wants the hammer. Penta wants the hammer. But they try really hard to have this super competitive wrestling match first. They've both wrestled each other enough now now to know all the secrets, all the tricks. Loads of holds, counter holds, all that kind of stuff. The Young Bucks and Kenny dial back the obnoxiousness because they don't need to do the punk stuff this week. And the Elite get her done because on the night they're the better wrestlers. As much honour as possible in this one. Two more things very, very quickly because I'm aware that we are running short of time. One, I really hope the storytelling isn't just confined to the Hammer stuff and that they build on the sequences they've done. Two, a prediction on the reaction that they're going to get, I think, for at least the next year of their career. Maybe six months. They are going to get FCM Punk chants everywhere except Chicago and they're going to be drowned out by This Is Awesome within the first five or seven minutes and that's going to be the pattern. I can never pronounce it. Escalera de Muerte? Escalera de la Muerte. That you've called for the decider. What if it's a hammer? They've got a grab from the top. Well, they've got belts to win. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's better then. That's fine. <laughs> I'd forgot about the belts. Uh, I, legitimately, I'd forgotten about the belts. A couple of, a couple of predictions from me uh, regarding this. I agree 2-1. Uh, I think there may be a little gimmick tonight where the referee goes, right, ring the bell and then take the, take the hammer, I don't know, somewhere else and we'll just... Someone will say ding, ding, ding if you get the if you get the win, or they get rid of. Yeah, maybe they like. Imagine, how, imagine him doing it. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Or maybe they... Special guest ring keeper, Adam Wilborn. Maybe they have, like, security protecting the hammer, let's say, around (laughs) ringside, and they check the competitors, and bloody hell, Pac's got one in his shoe or something, but they're still going to be hammer stuff, because I think Abrahantes are going to be like, oh, they didn't check me, and then they're going to have the bit of like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this with Ray Phoenix, and that probably costs Death Triangle the match. Also, you say dial back on the obnoxiousness from the, the, the Young Bucks in particular. That didn't. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying this is obnoxious. I'm saying they they are the Young Bucks, so I think my prediction tonight, along with a win for the Elite, is one of the Young Bucks is going to end up wearing Pac's mask, going, oh, my bloody nose. Yeah, <laughs> I could see yeah, him doing actually, that. That who, works. Who was it? Was it Matt with the hammer last week? Who was that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brian Danielson, Dax Harwood. Not a bad little uh, surprise on uh, Rampage. That was it to announce this for uh, for Dynamite. Oh, it's the sound of my tits coming off. <laughs> you know what's brilliant about this, right? And I'm expecting them to play with it in this match between the true spiritual descendant of Bret Hart. And Dax Harwood. Hey! hey! hey got him again! <laughs> I was going to say who trained Brian Danielson. More accurate question, right? Who is credited with training Brian Danielson because uh, it makes for a better narrative? All HBK. All HBK. So they're going to not reveal that information. And then when Danielson does some kind of... Tunes up the band. Tunes up the band, or does the pose. Yeah. (laughs) Or, can you imagine Danielson going, suck it! (laughs) (laughs) And then that's when Excalibur will drop it in. Yeah. To be honest, I did think uh, Sean did more training than the cynical narrative suggests. So he'll definitely do some Sean stuff. Guaranteed. It'll be absolutely fantastic. Sean Shooter? We'll see it. Dax screams, come on, boy toy. Get back in here. Come on, is he wearing boy pink? toy. Is there any pink stuff, do you reckon, tonight? Yes. Yeah. Definitely one of them. Definitely one of them weeks. Well, right. one of those every weeks. <laughs> we get it. I like them too. What of FTR in a singles match, though? How do you see a member of FTR in a singles match going? What? Fine. Dax is good. And they, always lose, they, they always lose. They always lose. Yeah, they do. They're going to lose in 12 minutes, and it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I'm expecting some real, like, you know how the Revival's WWE song literally went, See ya! Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be making that noise a lot during this match when I see <laughs> some really tough-nosed, rugged pro wrestling. What's the, what's the angle? Like, what's happening? Brian and Moxley have got this thing now where Moxley's going to be fizzing that Brian convinced him not to deck Regal. It's a fixture which I love. The idea is that after a uneven 2022 where Danielson has lost far too many big matches, I suspect that they are going to do Danielson MJF at Revolution because yes. it spins off from the BCC stir. Brand spanking you. And this is going to be your, between now and January 4th, because it's in Seattle. <laughs> I think we're getting the Tony Khan like signature sprint run where he goes in the next four or five weeks. I'm just going to make you the best wrestler in the world again and the most acclaimed. Yeah, 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 the most acclaimed wrestler. Like he did it with Moxie in the summer. He's going to do this with Danielson to heat him up. So you're going to get Danielson dream matches out the ass. I can't promise you that, but that's where I think it's yeah. going. Yeah, that's I'm fine with that. Yeah, I so don't. It's, f- it's, it's that masquerading as masquerading as a sporting fixture that Howard himself. 
2022 has been the best year of my career. Um, <laughs> it just shouldn't be. He's so. He's uh, on Twitter, man. I should unfollow him and enjoy the absolutely incredible wrestling character he portrays on television. We, like, we, we would be divided by this, by the way, but I'd be a bit pissy too if I was the hottest act in all the wrestling. And then suddenly I wasn't. Well, the acclaimed are hotter. That's why Tony Khan went with them. What I will say with what did you see what Dax Howard tweeted before Full Gear? No. Right. Think of her streaming this match tonight, guys. And it was the anniversary of one of the matches with DIY, I think. Right. And it's like, uh, I don't know what you, you know you know what tonight is. Why didn't you stream it last night, Dax? Well, on the night of full game? Yeah. Oh, an asshole. It wasn't an asshole. Oh, why didn't you stream it last night, Dax, even though it's not technically the anniversary? And then people were like, oh, it's full game, mate. It's like, after midnight, guys. Then it wouldn't be the fucking anniversary, <laughs> would it, Dex? <laughs> I love him as a wrestler so much. Some wrestlers just need to get off Twitter. I should probably start stop unfollowing them. Win for Danielson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's next for the House of Black? A hell of a return for them uh, last week, of course. I don't care, man. Like, just get the trios belts on the Elite and then get to that match. Like, I don't mean to be flippant. I do not give a toss. Like, the House of Black, <laughs> House of Black were fantastic last week, but I think the trios division is on its ass. Like, no, no, it isn't. No, I don't care. Like, Oh, sorry, I don't care. You meant to be, you know, reflecting the voice of the listeners. Everyone went nuts for that. God, yeah, all right, right. Fine, they can beat up the factory. Who was it else they can beat up? Best friends. Best friends or losers. Losers. I feel like Bret Hart going through the Patriots. They should Shawn do more with Orange Cassidy, so you can't be that much of a loser if you want him to do something with us. <laughs> Get your head on straight He's and a, be consistent, brother. He's the one good guy out of best friends. The rest of them have always sucked. I've been seeing that for goddamn years. Hate the goddamn best friends. They're my best friends. I'm my worst fucking enemies, right? So they'll squash the best friends. Don't care. Squash factory. Don't care. Boring bitch stuff. Like, we know we're heading to the House of Black versus the Elite, yeah. and that's going to absolutely rule. It's going to be an early contender for one of the best matches of the year. But uh, it's just a lot of sitting through slow entrances, dark music, and sludge rock that Andy Murray likes between it's now the and then. It's Judgment like, Day. It's not because of Judgment Day of Patter. Like, Malachi Black's never been pattering his f***ing life. Like, I'm three points King. in now, aren't I? Yeah. Like, Brody King rules, yeah. He can have singles matches out the ass all day. He can beat Darby Allen up whenever he likes. But uh, it's like, so but weird. It's fine. It's, sorry. Fine. it's like, you've, you've got, got more than you, you win. Don't say when John. No, about we'll have an actual falling out. <laughs> He's got his haircut coming up soon. All I'm going to say is when Dynamite was Gonzo Creative Tony Khan. Yeah. And you went, oh, it's not my kind of thing. I can see why Sidgwick liked it. It's not my kind of thing. I like really regimented booking because for, for reasons. Even if it, this is regimented booking. Triple H has his patterns and so does Tony Khan, is the point I'm making. Like I know exactly Tony Khan is doing a Triple H pattern and you can't praise him for it. I know exactly where House of Black are. And I just don't feel the need to care about it. Nothing will happen in the weekly TV Dominic show. Dominic Mysterio? Yeah, because he's really he funny. Is, he is the best heel in wrestling right now, to be fair. Yeah. I, d- I just feel like nothing the House of Black do matters between now and Revolution. I and to, I'm sort of torn on this because I, I could not care less about the House of Black, <laughs> apart from, I will say, caveat your thing, Brody King with, what was it, dust or whatever. Ashes. <laughs> that, I like that. And I obviously love Brody King. Um... Killing people, naturally, uh, at the top of the ramp like we got last week. I couldn't give a toss Can't about... Can't wait for the Raw review next week. Yeah, but I couldn't... Cannot wait. I couldn't give a toss about, oh, uh, uh, being reborn and all that. But if I just get... To, uh, to be it's honest... Just a metaphor. I, I, I'm, I am looking forward to watching them kill the factory or whoever it may be because House of Black in the ring, I'm always there for. Brody King in a squash match, boring. So my gag. Is anything announced tonight? Not that announced though, I just thought they were one of the biggest things of last week and you sense that that's going to be followed up tonight. And it'd be appropriate for them. Watch them do the spookiest, lamest video you've ever seen. <laughs> so Hamlet can come in and swing his dick. I think, yeah, uh, but I think it's appropriate that on the show like, that we're buffing. Figuratively, of course. There's no, I don't, there's, there's no spookiness anymore. Not after the way they came back last week. I think the burning, the, the burning body bags was the last of the spooky stuff. 
I just would like on the night that the Elite get their first win in the trios, it's a nice sort of mirroring. And like you say, it's probably going to be what? Revolution? Yeah. Elite versus House of Black. So, yeah, Elite get their first win in the best seven series. House of Black get their first trios win. Since they came back, I thought it was a nice night. It's a nice little talk. Maybe, yeah, maybe five past three. You know, you got your haircut coming oh, up. That's all right. You got the time? I got a bit. I got time, baby. Always got time for this. You got swears to bleep out it's before fine. you leave. Let's go quick. Let's move on next to uh, the women's match advertised for tonight. Just the one uh, Willow Nightingale versus Anna JAS. I'm really looking forward to it because I thought Willow Nightingale was again very, very good in that uh, three way tag match last week. And the, if you know how the booking patterns work, the beloved regimented booking patterns, <laughs> Willow Nightingale is a face. She is probably going to win this match. The champion is a heel. And Nightingale and Hater had a cracking little match on Rampage not too long ago. If I'm Tony Khan, I'm running that back. The route to it is quite boring, but the people involved I adore, so I'm happy with this without doing cartwheels around the podcast studio. She's like a, she's lost two TV title matches to Jade already as well, so she's kind of good in that position and what uh, Mercedes Martinez as well for mm-hmm. the Ring of Honor title, so she's kind of proven quite effective at being that challenger that can lose and doesn't it's lose. Almost any. the babyface Nyla Rose. Yeah, doesn't lose any of moment any of her momentum. The match is great. Um, has winter is coming? Got anybody really obvious lined up at the moment for Jamie Hater? I don't think so. So it certainly feels like that's running back with Tony Storm, I suppose, if you want. But uh, she's like obviously showed a bit of remorse last week. I, no, I think that's I think that's bang right. I think Willow Nightingale wins. Um, but it's hard. Yeah, it is hard to sort of imagine that there's any additional peripheries or stories attached. Yeah, to it. no, it's a bit obligatory, isn't mm. it? Mm. Speaking of uh, obligatory. <laughs> It's time to play the game! Cut her off. What is the name of that game, Michael Sidgwick? Well, the purpose of the game, which yeah. we must reinforce every single time, even though we're running out of time, is because AEW takes a very obligatory, apathetic, terrible approach to parity, we attempt to satirize how much of an afterthought it continues to be four years in, Mm. where we try and guess the hour, minute, second of the first time you hear the first beat of the first women wrestler coming out for the only women's wrestling match on the night so that we can nail how obligatory and just has to exist because everyone loves bloody wings if they don't. And the name of the game, of course, is, well, this is ladies' nine, I'm thinking no ordinary. Uh, Ladies, man, you know what that means. <laughs> Winner of last week was, of course, Mike That means Humbert. I'm on Twitter, goddammit. <laughs> I have it. <laughs> six. <laughs> six seconds off last week, Hamper. Uh, taking, your, taking your score now to five correct answers. Michael Sidgwick, six. Me, eight. Uh, shout out, as always, to Adam Blair, a.k.a. at Adam Wilton4 on Twitter, who keeps control of all the... Oh, bloody old Sidgwick. Data! Thank you. All the data for all this. Uh, Hamlet, you got it right last week. Um, first hour, second hour. How are you feeling about this? <laughs> it's been the very second hour, really. Um, what was the time last week? So you've got last week's figures in front of you. One, s- the correct time mm-hmm. was one hour, 17 minutes and 16 and you were seconds. six off. I'm going to go with one hour, 17 minutes and 16 seconds. Wow. Tony Khan, if he is indeed finding his feet again with the way he likes to plan and book... This feels very much like last week's episode in terms of things I've got to get to. I've got one twenty twenty. I'm in a rush now. 
I was going to go later. I thought it was going to be quite a brief match, this Willow Nightingale versus JAS. And then, um, as I said, if I'm booking it, I'm booking Elite versus Death Triangle. And maybe they just go a little bit shorter because, you know, there's, there's, a, lot on this, there's a lot on this show. But granted, yeah. I, know I was going to go one. T- go on. No, I was going to say, I know Subject's in a rush, but like I've kind of become accustomed now to figuring out how he comes about that answer. Well. <sighs> How I came about oh, that? Of course, answer. yes. Sorry. Yeah, like I need the logic for that. So, so second hour. So first hour, though. The first hour, I'm trying to find out what's going to pack the first hour yeah. to <laughs> prolong the match. So basically, I'm trying to get in the headspace of what the experience of watching it dynamite is like. Um, Imagine if we actually got to watch it live at a reasonable time. Uh, boom! Let's go ignite. I'm a fat guy in a flash of light. the fuel. Bring the boom. Dynamite. Bring the nine. You know what that means? It's WWE Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get a... Tax Howard versus... It's Brian Danielson. Uh, they'll go out. Ooh, but 18 minutes, actually. I think this is going to be like Danielson is the best. He's going to be working 18 minutes, four and a half star matches until revolution. Revolution. Uh, one hour, 2020. Thanks. I was going to go one hour, 21, 22, just because I thought it was going to go later, but then again, I don't know if they're going to do the usual. So, uh, I haven't written yours down. What is it? One twenty, one twenty-two. Jesus Christ! Because I was, close. I was thinking, but now I'm questioning myself. Because if they do the whole right time for the women's section, and they do what we're just about to talk about with the Cargill celebration immediately afterwards, as they often do. Oh yeah. Uh, no, I'll stick to what I was going to say. I don't think they're going to put this. They might put Jay Cargill in the first hour, to be honest. Um, but I think it's going to be quite brief, and then main event: Elite versus Death Triangle, which will get the final. Half an hour or whatever it is of this show, um, but yeah, Willow Nightingale to win. Finally, Sid, yeah, Jay Cargill's championship celebration. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Then Bow Wow will come in. Yeah, yeah. she fired Thingy last week, didn't she? Yes, your services are no longer required. Aye, um, I thought something wild like Soraya comes out and it's like, right, clearly fine. That. I don't think it's the worst idea. Soraya and Jade Cargill is a is a risk of a match to present for both of them. But where does Soraya go from here? She like wants to get back in the mix of it, but it's very easy to become normalised in that division. It doesn't feel like they're going to hit the Sidgwick dream match of Serena Deeb anytime soon. Nope. It kind of stands to reason that she would at least call her out or want to challenge for a title. She's beaten Britt Baker. Mm. He's a contender. So yeah, I'm just pairing people up. I'm like, okay, Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm yeah. could do another title match. Or so it's a run it back. It's yeah. an all-star looking thing, if nothing else. So that could be where the interruption. You do feel like it's an interruption. It's probably is Bow Wow. Uh, make it a little bit clearer if Jade Cargill's the face of the heel in this Bow Wow feud because that wasn't obvious last week. I would assume Bow Wow would be the heel, and then she's like, oh, and you're fired because you suck. So that I don't know. I, d- I don't really know where they're at with Jade at the moment. Get Mark Sterling away from her. Oh, no right. chance of that. The first thing they plan for this episode of Dynamite yeah, is yeah. Mark Sterling's involvement in the Jay Cargill celebration ahead of the Elite Death Triangle match. <laughs> so yeah, an, inter- uh, an interruption is one of these things you can sort of see coming. A bit like contract signings in WWE. Oh, if someone's going to have a big celebration, it's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows by the end it's of it. It's pro wrestling, yeah. Yeah. You'll get the... Think about wow. I should have thought of him, yeah. You'll get the reveal and tell all of how they put the segment together on the next episode of Chris Jericho's podcast where he reveals he was a consultant for this angle. 
That feels yes, nailed on. But this obviously that doesn't count towards ladies' night because that's not a match; it's just a segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you want to uh, keep tabs on all the um, not the statistics, all the uh, data. Thank you, uh, Adam Blair. will take care of it at Adam Wilton for um, yeah, very close in the uh, ladies' night standing. Intrigued to see how that plays out tonight. And very intriguing as well that none of us have decided. Maybe they'll put a women's match in the first hour. Christ no. Uh, anyway, let us know your thoughts ahead of AEW Dynamite tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there. You can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... Emma Sidgwick. Uh, of course, tomorrow is the 1st of December. We're on the road to Christmas. And if you're thinking, I just can't think of a present to get someone else or even I've, get yourself. I've got an idea. What? Go on. If you hop onto Amazon right now. Yeah, okay. I will do. And you are interested in reading all about the formation and indeed rise of All Elite Wrestling hop on over and buy my book, Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW. 120,000 passionate and insightful words about those two things. Uh, <laughs> go to Amazon. Uh, very quickly. If I type in Becoming A on, on Amazon, what comes up? <laughs> <laughs> For making me late to pick up my children. No, it's uh, it's actually... You're on about Wilbur's previous orders. If you put becoming Al in, then you get Michael Sidgwick's book. But if you put becoming A in, it says becoming a student midwife, becoming a dad book, uh, but top of the searches, becoming a supple leopard. So make sure you top in uh, becoming all, and then you can find the becoming all, the rise of AW, Michael Sidgwick's brilliant book, all about AW, which you can get. Hang on, let me check. Get it by Saturday, December 3rd. Yeah, that's before Christmas. You can get it there on Amazon. Yeah. We are on the road to Christmas, as they always say. Or whichever say. holiday you celebrate. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Adam Wilborn for me, at What Culture WWE for all of us. What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, the Dadly Boys that reviewed NXT, and we'll, of course, all be back Good. to review Dynamite the show. tomorrow. <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but, yeah. but for now, this has been the Dynamite preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. <laughs>